Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Glad you're joining us today. And uh, it's uh, me and Rachel back again. You know, we've been doing podcasts together, have we, Rachel? Woohoo! Yeah, we've been <laughs> doing separate interviews. and Yeah, stuff, you, but... we've done some solos. We've done some interviews. We, we, we ain't been getting together too much for a podcast here lately. I'm sure that'll really change as the weather gets colder and the homestead life kind of slows yeah. down a little bit. But for now, that's just the way it is. And we're getting lots of interview uh, requests and stuff. So that's fun. I like talking to other folks. You like talking to other folks. So learning lots yeah, of things. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk today about apple harvesting, processing, and preserving. And that's kind of been your life lately, right? It has. And I've only got three trees here in the yard. And then I planted 12 more. So in a couple of years, wow. it's really going to be my life. Yeah, you're doing a lot more of that than I make a couple things and I take what I get and a lot goes to waste. But, you know, I, I, I do. I don't do with my apples probably as good as I should. And I have three apple trees also. Uh, two of them don't produce real well because they're still pretty young. And the one does really well, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mine are also all smaller. You have an old tree on your property, don't you? Yeah, like I kind of have one. the same thing. I have two dwarfs, which put out about yeah. a bushel. They've been battling some disease that don't put out as much. And then I have my old one that we don't even know what it is. But that thing, seven bushels, probably. Wow. That, that. Yeah. It's just crazy how much apples that thing produces. Well, before we jump into all the apple talk, I guess we should talk about what we've been doing on our homesteads. How about you? Other than apples, I, I guess you've been doing apples. Apples. <laughs> you were doing apples. apples. Um, more tomatoes. We have had a really unseasonably warm spell. Like mm -hmm. it is, it's still warm here. It was 85, I believe. What? What's today? Today is Thursday. Tuesday. It was 85 degrees and we broke records. It was wow. just crazy. And so I still have tomatoes and peppers in my garden. And actually, I don't have them in my garden. I pulled the tomatoes and I've got. Every flat surface in the kitchen has tomato on it. <laughs> and so slowly as they've been ripening, I've been doing things with them, drying them and canning them and just eating them. And then, um, but I didn't pull the peppers because I have this one pepper plant that produced these peppers that are really good flavor. And it's just loaded full of like six peppers that are just sitting there staying green but they're supposed to turn red and it's taking forever. So thankfully it's been warm enough for them to keep going, but I really wanted to get those red peppers. You, you haven't had a frost up there yet. No, isn't that, That's, that is. Yeah. Cause you usually really have one by now, don't you? Yeah, we do. So it's crazy because in August, the end of August, we were colder in the end of August than we are now. And the end of August, we had a town in Michigan, which isn't, terribly far from us get 31 degrees and have a frost which was a record for i think for them and so i kept thinking oh it's we're gonna get early frost this year we're gonna get because we kept getting these really cold nights down into the low 30s mm -hmm. and we never did get a frost and here we are october and we're late for our frost first frost mm. 
yeah. peppers are enjoying it. Hopefully you'll get some before it happens. I hope so. I, you know, I don't know. I keep thinking, and now I'm tempted to dig that plant up because I really, really like it. But it last year that one. didn't work out though, did it? No, it didn't. But this was one that I, um, I bought at the store. So it's a hybrid. So I couldn't save seeds from it, but I'm tempted to try it again. Yeah. I really like it. It was a really thick walled, sweet red pepper. Just really good. Yeah. Sometimes you just get, yeah, you'll get one that you just love and then you can't ever seem to like get, get that back on your property. If it's a hybrid, especially you just can't seem to work it out again. I've had a couple like that. I've had some tomatoes like that too, like some hybrid tomatoes and I can't remember what they were and I can't, I've tried a few different ones and they were just so, so good. I remember they were kind of like an, they were almost like a big boy, but they were a little bit different, but I can't yeah. remember what they were. And they were just so good. They were like some of the best tomatoes I ever ate, but they weren't big boy. They were something else like it. Um, That's something I didn't write down on our my update. I did clone a tomato. Mm-hmm. So I had a little baby uh, like grape tomatoes that were orange and they're super, super sweet and really prolific, prolific. But that also was a hybrid that I had bought. So I was like, I really want to keep this going. So I took cuttings of it and it's it's rooted like crazy. And I'm going to plant that this weekend in a, in a pot. And try to keep it going. We'll see what happens. It'll probably be a failure. But I like to do those kind of experiments. You never know till you try. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, just, you know what I'm looking up right now? Can you clone a hybrid pepper plant? I wonder. Can you? I'm I'm Googling it, actually. So easily. And so with, yeah, it, it so looks easily. like you can. Really? Maybe that would be a way to preserve this pepper plant that you really like. Maybe take a well, cutting off of it and try to clone that. it. I mean, I think everybody's had this where you're... T- Tomato, if you trellis your tomatoes, you don't notice it as much. But if you've put, let a tomato fall to the ground, you know, they'll grow roots where they hit mm-hmm. the ground. And yeah. They're mm-hmm. super easy to clone. And that's really, yeah. you just cut a piece off. You can either put it in dirt. I put mine in water and they, within a week and a half, I, the roots were yeah. there. Yeah, you might have to look into that. I mean, just a quick Google search. It showed a couple on there. It says you can. Uh, well, I, I, I bet it ain't near. I, I'm sure it isn't near as simple as a tomato. But uh, right. boy, if, I mean, both. if that'd be a, but if it would be a way to preserve this uh, pepper plant that you really like, and you know, get it start it small again and have it ready to start producing come like a late spring, maybe that'd be really cool. Yeah, because what I did look into for overwintering them was you take them out of the ground, you take all the soil off, you plant them back in a pot. A, a pot with new soil just to avoid having the bugs Mm -hmm. and stuff come inside. And then you cut them back and you let them go dormant. And then in the spring you start them back up again. But I bet with the cutting, you would want to like get it in a windowsill and and do the whole, try to actually grow it. I might try both with that plant. Be interesting. Yeah. I have to, maybe that's an idea. I have to keep us updated on that for sure. So what about you? Well, um, Lots of uh, good things and bad things have happened since we last talked. Uh, something just happened. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there right now. Just last night, I, I the carnage is still out in the cages. Oh, yes. I haven't even cleaned it up yet. Right before this podcast, I went out to the quail aviary. And uh, I just started here a few weeks ago. I guess it's been a couple months ago now. My I talked about how my jumbo quail had gotten kind of mixed in and I they were ended up with tuxedos and everything else. And I, so I didn't have any really pure jumbo quail anymore. So I had hatched just some jumbo quail and I was wanting to kind of restart my flock from just jumbo quail because you get to get a little bit more meat and you know whatnot out of the jumbo. And um so I I'd had them in the uh the tractor for a while and then, anyway I 
I had put them in the cages in the aviary. So they're in the aviary in the cages. And well, it appears that last night a raccoon got in there and couldn't get to the whole quail, but he could certainly get to their heads <laughs> as he oh. pulled all their heads off. And I have one quail, <laughs> jumbo quail That's out of, out of three wow. cages of quail, jumbo quail. I have one quail left. <laughs> Raccoons are the worst too, because they're just oh, they're man. smart and they can get into everything. Yeah. So like I said, I seen that, you know, 15 minutes before we were starting this podcast. So I haven't even cleaned up the carnage yet. So I've, since we're over with that, I have to go clean that up. It's a shame. They just started laying too, which mm. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to really save any eggs for, uh, for, uh, to rehatch. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And, um, yeah, so I've said a live. I've actually already did. I set a live trap in there, and then I'm gonna go clamp the car and because I'm gonna try to catch this thing uh, in there if he's getting in there. Maybe because I have rabbits on the other side, you know, across from yeah, the kale, that's qu- true. quail, yeah. and he didn't seem to bother them. But I'm sure they were a little freaked out, probably, oh, um, by the the sounds. Um, but so there's a loss. I'll go ahead and share my other loss. I had a pump failure in the greenhouse, and I wasn't paying attention in the aquaponics system for about three or four days. Um, no, well, okay. It wasn't a pump failure. It was a failure of design on my part. <laughs> okay. The power to my uh, greenhouse runs. I have a double light switch kind of that runs the light to my, it supplies the power to my garage and then it, I can turn the power off on the garage or the back porch light. Well, I've got it wired to the back porch light because goes to the greenhouse, but there's a switch in the house. Well, somebody turned the switch off. <laughs> we leave them on all the time, but somebody had bumped it down. Could have been me. Could have been anybody in the family. I don't know. But it got bumped down, and I didn't pay attention for like three days, four days. Of course, nope, nothing circulating. Nothing's, you know, so every fish died in my aquaponics system. And I had some really large goldfish in there. Uh, I mean, probably like six inches long. I mean, some pretty good-sized goldfish. And, uh, yeah, so they're all dead. <laughs> So we're starting over with that. Oh, man. Two big failures. Cleaning up to do. You're going to have some nice compost. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I already cleaned all all that up. That actually happened a couple weeks ago, and I already cleaned all that up. But yeah, so starting over with that. And I should be harvesting the, uh, yeah, I'll be harvesting the, uh, which I'm kind of excited about. It looks like they're getting really close. They're starting to, looks like they're starting to fade a little bit. The the water chestnuts. Okay. So I'm looking forward to harvesting those because I think they're getting pretty close. They've looked great. They're thick and grow really tall in there. And, um, but yeah, they're starting to kind of fade. So I think it's getting close to harvest time for those. Uh, I know they won't do good in cold weather. So as the weather starts to drop and temperatures, we'll, I'll go ahead and pull those out and see what the harvest is. I can't wait to see what that looks like. Right. And I was, you know, I have a CDL uh, driver's license, so I have to get a physical occasionally, right. For that, to keep that. And my blood pressure has been going up and I knew it was going up and that's a big issue for a CDL. I guess when you're taking a physical, it's just a big issue. It's always something I have to watch. And I've been on blood pressure medicine in the past. I don't like being on blood pressure medicine because I've weaned off of it and I did pretty well with it. But it seems like when I start getting close to a, to a physical, I start checking my blood pressure a lot because, you know, I know it's coming up. Well, it was pretty high. It was getting high again. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I started eating more appropriately for a blood pressure diet. Well, what you want to do is, of course, lower sodium and increase potassium. That's will lower blood pressure. 
for most people. So, I mean, so it's like everybody thinks about bananas when it comes to potassium, right? I mean, it's just what everybody knows as being this high potassium thing. Well, I got to looking and like chard is like double what bananas are on on um, potassium content. And I have a whole bed of chard out here. So I started eating like chard and everything. I'm putting chard in my eggs. I'm eating a cup of chard here. I'm just, I'm every meal. I'm just like a cup of chard and everything. Right. And, and my blood pressure was down to normal within a week and maintained there for another week. That's so awesome. I mean, yeah, and I was all just, the time how food is medicine. On yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. I because I've never really went after the chart like that, you know, and just and just like I said, within a week, it was down to normal. And uh, I went in there, got my physical, and perfect. It was just great. And I was like, that's amazing. I mean, just a couple weeks of eating chart, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to claim that for everybody or even always for right. me, but yeah, it seemed to work extremely well for me, and so. You know, I think as a person who kind of struggles with blood pressure a little bit, chard is just going to have to become a regular part of my diet. I'm going to at least try to maybe get a cup a day, you know, of chard in some right. form in at least one of my meals. It's you yummy know. anyways. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, I just sauteing it. It was really, it's really good. Um, I was, did some like uh, grilled chicken with it and sauteed it. And it was like a great meal by itself right there, you know, just a couple right. cups of chard and some chicken. And uh, I was putting, like I said, in eggs and all kinds of things and. Yeah, it made a huge difference. I added some soups too, which makes me think it's been a great time to break out the old squash soup. You know, the 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 butternut squash has been coming on and and stuff like that. So I've been making some That's some soups. Favorite. So been adding. Yeah, it's my favorite. But I even been eating some yellow squash soup, the the summer squash. I'd canned quite a bit of that. How is that I, going? It wasn't bad. It's not as good as to me taste wise. It isn't as good as butternut. Right. I just love that yeah. flavor of the butternut squash. But it was good, and I did add some stuff to it. I put some garlic and some, um, uh, I don't know. I put a few different things in there. I'm trying to think what else I put in there. But I added a few things to it, and it gave it some good flavor because it's just not near as flavorful as right. Uh, right. as yeah. the uh, butternut. But it was good, and it worked out pretty well. So I'll definitely be doing that in the future because I didn't. I'd never done that before. Canned it, um, but it was yeah, it was nice, and it was just super easy too because I already had it, you know, cubed up. I just dropped it in a blender, pureed it. Throwed it yeah. in a pan, heated it up, added the few things I wanted to add to it. And, you know, within like 20 minutes, I had a nice big bowl of soup. So it was super easy to do. I like that. So just some some wins there and some losses. That's <laughs> one of the things I love about canning is it just makes for fast yeah. food, healthy, yeah. fast food. It is. Once it's you do the hard work early and it kind of stinks because yep. you have these months, a couple months there where you're just slaving in the kitchen. But then, you know, the rest of the time it's makes for some really quick meals and it's, it's really nice that way. So you're right. It yeah. is, does make it easy. So folks, that's what homesteading is about though. We got our wins and we got our losses and you take them in stride yeah. both. Cause you know, there's going to be both. Right. <laughs> yes. And uh, yes. I did have some losses uh, here in the last few days that's even today big and big ones that yeah those were big because now i'm gonna have to start over with the jumbos i really want i i just i don't know i don't even know how he got in there because i've never i had a possum get in there one time then didn't kill anything i just saw him in there and i fixed that spot so evidently i've got another spot now where they're getting into that we still dig under a fence and get in there there's yeah, fence around yeah. it so yeah. they probably and dug under are, somewhere yeah they're they're so smart well it's a fenced in area with a roof and then you have they're in the cages inside that so it's kind of like this double security right but yeah. them quail are just kind of dumb they get next to the edge of the cage and then that coon just reaches in there and grabs them by their head and he can't get the whole quail out but he'll sure take their heads off <laughs> what a waste isn't it <laughs> yes man i guess we can get on with our 
happy topic now. We'll talk about yeah, apple yeah. harvesting, processing, and preserving. And like I said, that's been a big part of your life lately. Less less mine. I've done some. We've done some. I've made some, and we'll get into it later. It's been a, a little bit of applesauce and a little bit of apple butter for me, but we'll get into that. Uh, apple jelly too. I have made some jelly. I have not tried that. That's oh really? I that's no. one of my favorites. We're it's not actually jelly eaters. So, but see, I like I like apple jelly better than grape jelly personally. My kids well, like yeah. you know, the family seems to like the grape jelly better, but I actually like the apple jelly better. Interesting. Yeah. We just don't eat a lot of jelly. So yeah, well, it's high sugar content. So yeah, yeah. it's even if you're making a lower sugar jelly, it's still a lot of sugar yeah, in jelly. It is, it is for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't eat a lot of it, but I do like it when I like it, you know. Um, but yeah, let's talk about let's just jump right into it with the apple harvesting process because um there, there's a little bit to that and it's different for everybody in different parts of the yeah. country, different kinds of trees, even. So let's talk about that. Best times to harvest. Well, and yeah. it's probably different too if you have a lot of them, then you know, if you're a yes. small home starter like us, you're not gonna probably invest in all the equipment. <laughs> Right, right. So what, what's it like for you? Let's just jump into it. For us, it's just we we get a ladder out and we start picking. It's really, <laughs> it's pretty. No fancy tools, just a ladder and you get up as high as you can, huh? A ladder and a bucket and we just start picking. Um, I have tried to keep my dwarf trees, even though they're dwarfed, they will get big. Yeah, I, yeah. Not as big as a regular apple, but... Um, I have one right now that we let, it's a little bit too big. It's at, I think it's about eight to 10 feet tall, which makes it hard since I'm short. It makes it hard to pick. So I'm going to prune it back this year and make it a little bit. So I try to keep my apples a little bit shorter. Even the old one out back, that's looks like it's a big one. I don't think it's a dwarf or anything. I think it was too old for that, but I do try to keep it lower to the ground. Yeah, I think of like... um. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. I think of the way Paul does his trees in the back to Eden method where he tries to keep them lower. Yeah, they'll they'll spread out more but low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to keep my trees just shorter just so, so they're easier to harvest cuz I don't have the equipment and it's just easier <clears throat> to use a ladder that way. When when I first put my 3 in, they are semi dwarf. And I did a really poor job of keeping them low. I didn't even prune them the first few years. And and now it's kind of like the way they've kind of grown. It'd be difficult to get them to sprawl and yeah, stay lower. Yeah. So I just kind of let them go at this point. And even as semi-dwarfs, it's amazing how tall they are. I have one that's probably 30 feet tall and it's a semi-dwarf. Well, they, they still get <laughs> Yeah, they're, it's huge. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't ever expect it to get quite that big. I think when on the tag when I bought it, I remember, and it would say like the height and it would say like 12 to 18 feet or something like that. And it's like 30 feet tall. So, yeah, and my, like I said, yeah. my peach trees or my, sorry, my pear trees are the same way. They were semi-dwarf and them things, I mean, they were taller than my house yeah. until I did that massive yeah. pruning last year. So, um, yeah. So I don't know how I decide when they're ready is, um, you know, when they pick off easy. And that's mm -hmm. what I've read. I mean, you can damage the tree if you pull them off. Yeah. So when, when they come off easy and for yeah. our trees, it seems to be, we have one tree that always ripens quicker than the other ones. It probably, it just depends on the variety of apple. And, um, but our back tree, the one that does a lot of apples usually is about right now. They're, they taste good. We'll pull one off and eat it. That's usually a pretty good indication. I, I noticed that like mine seems to like, the one I get the most apples from, it, it seems like it has a a variation on ripening times for the apples on it. Like it'll start dropping apples before like half of them are even close to being ripe. 
And, and so I'll start like picking some then it's like, I'll have to kind of spread it out over like maybe a month of picking apples off that tree, which is weird. It's like, I really can't just go in there and harvest the and tree. Right, huh? The early ones are. Yeah. It's like, I'll get some a little earlier. The other two aren't like that, but they don't give me as apples either. But that one, for some reason, kind of spreads out over about, I'd say a good four weeks probably of harvesting. Cause like, I'll, yeah, I'll, there'll be some, they'll start, they'll start dropping and I'll pick them up off the ground. They're ripe. And then I'll see a few other ripe ones. I'll grab them. This is pretty early. And right, right now we just kind of finished it about a week ago. And okay. and there's the final ones that were ripe. It, it's kind of yeah. strange how they're doing that. I don't understand that tree really. Drop, it's the only one. I've, I've read that the dropping can be that the tree had too many apples. So it's Yeah, I don't thin. Done. I'm bad about thinning my I don't apples. thin either. And I think yeah. it kind of will. It's thinning itself because we have a yeah. lot of apples on the ground underneath this tree that. Yeah dropped maybe over a month ago and we've just kind of i need to clean them up though because i do have some issues with codly moth so i need to make sure i clean those up so yeah I don't keep that i'm, I'm convinced especially after i had that podcast episode of, a couple weeks ago with uh susan poisoner and the, the orchard people yeah and yeah she you know she was we talked even before and after the podcast a little bit and I'm really convinced now that I need to be thinning out my apples. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's just like, it's one more thing. And yeah, it is. And when your trees are that tall, it's kind of hard yeah. to thin them. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. For tools, I um, I do make sure that I don't, that's not for me. I know that cherries, you shake them. I don't know if they shake apple trees. I don't think they do because if once they bruise, they're not going to store. Yeah, I've never, them. no, I think they, they, I think ladders and tools them. and yeah. Yeah. So, I handpick them. We're really careful when we do just to not bruise them. If you want to, if you want to keep a whole apple, you definitely want to be careful when you're picking. Yeah. Well, because I have failed to keep my trees low and I, the best apples seem to grow in the very tops of the trees. Um, I do have a fruit picking tool that's, that's right, I don't know. It's really long. It's, I think the handle is 12 feet uh, long. And then I, you know, of course then my height, so I can get up there, you know, 18 feet, 20 feet probably with my arm length. Yeah. I could probably get about 20 feet in the tree at that. And if I have to, I can even get on a ladder and pick up a few more feet with that tool and I can get, get up a pretty high in the tree. And, and that thing works really, really good. It's slow. You it's slow. Shoulder workout too. Yeah. And, but it's slow and it's not really heavy. It's, it's just kind of amazing how light it is. Even that length, okay. you think it have a little bit of weight to it, but it's really, really light aluminum. And, but, uh, yeah, that thing works really, really well, but it's a slow process because you're reaching up there and you're getting one or two apples with it and then you're bringing it all the way down, dropping those to all the way back up. It, it really slows down the picking process. So it's it's quicker if you could, you know, get your ladder, get all the ones you can reach with a ladder and then you get that out and kind of finish it off. But because um, it's a lot quicker by hand, obviously, than it is with that thing because it is pretty slow, but it does it does work really, really well. And it, it, for whatever reason, it seems like the better apples are always close to the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems the way I need to get a t picking tool because right now what's happening is we're just kind of weaving the top. Ones. Yeah. 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 I first bought it cause my, uh, like I said, my pear trees were so tall and I was just couldn't get, it seemed like most of the pears were up there even. And uh, I just couldn't reach them even with a ladder. So I, I got that. And then that made, you know, we was able to get some really nice pear harvest, but yeah, for apples, it's, it's worked out really well. Cause the, the, the pear trees obviously outgrew the, the apple trees for some reason they grew way faster, even though I planted one of those apple yeah. trees a couple of years earlier. Um, they're just not as tall as the, the pear trees get, uh, but still it, yeah, it works out good for those as well. 
That's cool. Yeah. Well, you got this big batch of apples now. Uh, what do you do with them? You're ready to process them right away or you're not. If you're not, what are you doing? Well, for me, I don't, I don't wash them, but I do wipe them off. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't, it just depends on what you're going to use them for. I mean, I suppose you could wash them, but with a lot of things that natural enzymes and stuff kind of protect them. And mm-hmm. I have read that you shouldn't be washing them. And then you should, you, if you want to store them long-term is you, you're going to have to find a way to keep them humid and cool. Mm-hmm. which is hard unless you have a root cellar, which is on my watch yeah. list. <laughs> and, and normally but, for yeah. you, it wouldn't be as difficult because normally you're already starting to get a lot cooler where you're at too. And yeah, but my garage is not attached. So anything that's in my garage is going to freeze. Yeah, okay. What my in-laws used to do was they had a root cellar, but when the root cellar got full because they didn't have a big one, is they would line them along the garage wall of the house and it wouldn't freeze, but it would still stay cold enough that um, it would keep the apples good for quite a while. And mm-hmm. I wrap them in individual, like just some newspaper individually, just to keep them from getting beat up. I was watching a video. Um, and I can't remember who it was now. Uh, well, actually I can, but I won't mention his name. Um, the, he had a root cellar and he was keeping them in sawdust individually kind of spaced them out in sawdust and was eating apples that were like in, you know, like early, like early in the year, like February. Yeah. That he picked the previous year and they were, and every once in a while he'd pull one out and there'd be a bad one, but he'd just get rid of it. Cause you know, you don't want to keep a rotten apple. No, you don't in there. Cause the, the, it off gases and it will make the other start rotting. And um, so you want to get those out. So he just go down there every few days and search through and see if there's any rotten ones and then shove the rest back in the sawdust. And he did that for the whole winter and kept, kept apples good in some sawdust all winter in a, in a root cellar. Yeah. I was pretty amazed. I, my in-laws kept theirs pretty for a long time, most through most of the winter. And then of course, at the end of winter when they start getting kind of mushy, that's when apple yeah. pies and stuff started getting made. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I've never tried to keep whole apples like that all winter. I just don't think it'd work out good. Well, for my situation, uh, no root cellar. I mean, even with the basement, I think, I just don't think it would hold it, but it's a little bit of moisture issues down there. Uh, so I, yeah. I don't think it would, I never tried to keep them long, long term. We'll keep a few for a few weeks, you know, in, in some yeah. bags We've or something and just eat some fresh ones. But yeah, we stopped trying because our basement is warm. It just mm-hmm. never went well. And we just started preserving them. But to be fair, my trees don't produce the best just eating apples anyway. Uh, yeah, they're better thing. for making things out of. So I don't try to just save them as eating apples anyway, because they're just not great. Yeah. Same here, because I've been battling these diseases with. Yeah. Yeah. So we mostly process them, although we had a few really nice apples. Um, off of our small tree, which means, which was rewarding because I've been working for a couple of years trying to get rid of the the disease that it has from the cedar trees, the rust. Mm-hmm. And um, but having a couple of nice apples on there, it's like, yay! What we're doing is working. We were we were out at our campground uh, where we keep a camper at a campground. We went out there last week and stayed a couple nights, and um, we were on the golf cart running around the, the lake and the previous owners of that campground just has some new owners now, but they had planted a few apple trees in the back and nobody ever touches these apple trees. They're just back there and nobody's doing anything with them. And we swung over there with a golf cart and we picked a couple. And I was like, these are some of the best apples I've ever eaten because you know, the ones I got aren't great eating apples and they don't spray. They don't do anything. These apples look perfect. 
perfect. Nice. They had one, they had some that were green apples and they had some red apples and I eat both and they were some of the best apples I'd ever eaten. And they're like, the owners are like, pick all you want, get them out of there. They're just going to fall, fall to the ground, get in our way. And we're going to mow them up and, you know, chew them up with a mower and everything anyway, just go pick them. So I've got access to some trees now that have some nice. great eating apples. So we're going out there and getting our eating apples out there. <laughs> Those will make some nice cider too. Yeah, they would. Uh, I haven't tried that, but yeah, they would. And there's quite a few of them. I mean, there was a, there was a couple hundred apples on them trees to pick. So uh, I'm actually, we picked a few and brought a few home, but we're going to go back out and get the rest. I think if nobody else is eating them. So why not? Right. right? Might as well. They're just going to um, rot. Yeah. they were delicious. I mean, I, I especially liked the green ones. They were really good, really, really? sweet. I was shocked. I'd never tasted a, a green apple that sweet. So was it like a Granny Smith or something? It must have been. Yeah. Huh. Just delicious. Interesting. I wanted you know, they, to, that's the one that I didn't plant. And somebody mentioned to me about Granny Smith apples. And I'm like, oh, no, now I have to buy another tree. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. They were fantastic. And, and you know, like I have a lot of disease issues here and I'm doing things and they're not being touched out there. And they looked perfect. These apples looked perfect. Uh, I was shocked. So, yeah, they're I have an access to some good eating apples anyway, but yeah, I, uh, for me, it's like when I pick them, I really don't, for me, I do wash them and I get after them. Cause when I, I don't pick them until it's time to do something with them. So okay. I'm picking them and taking them to the kitchen and just start the processing kind of right away. I don't, I don't even try to store them really. I just, I pick them when I'm, when the time is ready and I get after it. Cause it's like, I don't want to, I don't really have the right. room to be storing them up anyway. Um, so I, yeah, I haven't really tried really just storing them for any length of time. Yeah. I but, might try and store some of them off of the big apple tree out back just to see, I don't know, but we, like I said, our basement's kind of warm, so I don't know. I don't think it would. It be is fun. something I'm thinking about now. And I've talked recently about how I'd love to, to maybe this winter, maybe try to do some work on my basement to try to make it more of a root cellar yeah, yeah, setup. Cool. And yeah, apples will definitely be on the list of something I would love to keep down there. Cause I love apples. You know, everybody loves apples. Grandkids love apples. We just, we love them. It'd be great if you could keep some apples pretty fresh tasting most of the yeah. winter. That would be, that'd be awesome. That would be really nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would like to do that. So yeah, I mean, it is in, it is in the, the kind of wheelhouse of things I would like to take on at some point and, and make that happen. Yeah. Somehow um, the store does it. So why can't we? <laughs> well, yeah, they, I don't, yeah, they gas them and turn them yes, red they, and they do all kinds them, of crazy things too early. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And that's why they never really taste as great as they do when you get them straight from an orchard or, or out of your true. backyard. Yeah, that is so true. We have a really popular orchard not far from our house here, and everybody goes there. And boy, they have delicious stuff, and they make all kinds of cool uh, things from those apples. And we can talk about that as we jump into apple processing. <laughs> yes, yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's the part. I mean. It's some work, no doubt. It is. I mean, it's just like everything. It's when you process food, it just it takes a long time. Yeah. So yeah. you're obviously you're picking them. You're not taking a lot of time. Maybe when you're picking them. Uh, looking them over you're just picking them getting them all gathered up getting them yep. to the kitchen if you're like me anyway and then we I kind of do yep. the sorting from there I mean if one's seriously rotten it don't make it in that batch but I'm not right. really if, if I grab it and it's not mushy it's going in in the basket and I'm taking it to the kitchen and I'm gonna do the further you know sorting from there so what are you looking for when you get yours in the kitchen well I'm looking for bruises or right now I have codly moth and one of my trees 
maybe actually two of them, but not the one out back, but they have like black spots or there's, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're mushy, some of them, but some of them look perfectly good. And then you cut them open and they're not. So I'm looking for holes and brown spots and stuff. And those are the ones that I'll cut up and turn into apple cider or applesauce or Mm -hmm. I, I know some people wouldn't use those, but I do. Oh, I think they work perfect for that too. I'm the same way on that. I even get the ones that, um, they don't really have like a, it's not a soft spot or anything. They just get this spot. That's it's yeah. weird. It's just a dark spot. And it kind of, the apple kind of pulls in almost like it's the end of the apples, almost like it divots right. in and it just has yeah. a black spot right there. And I open them up and they look perfect within a half an inch past that on all the way around. You just cut that out right there. And then the rest of the apples. Great. Exactly. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're great for about anything I want to use them for. They're just not just for setting and making them an eating apple or whatever. You wouldn't want to store them. Yeah, Yeah, they're that's not a pretty apple and they they're not great for maybe storing for an eating apple, but they work great for everything else. Yeah, they taste fine. Yeah. I have have some of that too, and I forgot what it's called because I'm still new to being an orchard. Yeah, I don't know what that's called, but I see that on a lot. I'd see that on a majority of my apples, actually. Yeah, there's a name for it. Somebody told me, and I, Is there okay? I can't remember. <laughs> I'm new to the whole orchard thing. And, you know, there's people out there that have been doing it forever. In fact, I have the Holistic Orchard book. I finally bought my own, so I don't have to keep checking it out from the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much stuff we both have to learn when it comes to, to certain things like this. Apples have been, everybody plants apple trees. It's like the first fruit tree you'll throw on your property in a lot of places, yeah. right? It, yeah. But it's like, then you start realizing it's one of the most difficult fruits to to grow because of the disease is. issues and the pest issues and all the things so it just takes some time to really learn how to and, and also like me and I, I learned on that recent podcast i did with susan that i probably planted the wrong trees for my area you know i didn't look for the ones that were more resistant to those type things i just grabbed what the the box store had and i put them in my yard you know and yeah. they're producing apples but they're probably not going to produce the best apples for me um, and the one, the ones that are yeah. going to be the biggest challenge. So yeah, you'll learn as you go. And, and anybody wants to know more about that kind of stuff, go check out that podcast episode and even right. yeah. you know, reach out and to Susan because she knows more books, about that. You know, and there's books and there's groups on Facebook for, I think the one I'm in is a backyard apple growers or something yeah. like that. Yep. And, and personally, as far for me, I feel like I get enough apples. Uh, yes. For the things I want to do, you know, even oh, yeah. though I have these yep. three trees and a lot of it's going to waste. I mean, I say none of it's really waste because the worst case scenario is going to compost. But we'll even talk here in a few minutes about things you can do with the scraps beyond that. Um, so I don't consider any of it waste, really. Uh, but, you know, so, I mean, I just there's enough. I have enough. So it's yep. not like I'm trying to get I would like to get better looking apples out of my tree. But that'd be my only real goal, I think. Yeah, I would like to get some better looking ones just so that I can store them once we do have a group mm-hmm. selling. Yep. The only re- reason I planted that many apple trees out at our property is because our hopes are to feed some of those to pigs. Yeah, there you go. If you got livestock that'll eat them, you know, chickens will even eat them. I mean, things will eat them, and that's great. You know, uh, they are yeah. they are a food production. You know, for for livestock as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, with the smaller livestock, it isn't, you know, something that... Yeah, and I don't have that now either. So I'm the only consumer of it at this point. You know, yeah, I have, I have a lot less, too, of that livestock. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I don't have any uh, pigs right now. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that when you're just cleaning them out, you'll find... Even the ones that aren't perfect, there are uses for them. So, you can, yes. like I said, juice, cider, 
applesauce, um, you know, just yeah, even even things like jams and jellies and pie fillings. If you want to, if there is enough good on them, you can cut away the bad. You can use them for all these yeah, things. It just it just takes a little more time. If you have a little more work, a little out, more time, right? Yeah, you can still use it. The you know, if you're making apple pie filling, obviously you want to have nice the nice parts of the apple and right, and, yeah. right. Absolutely. So there's still plenty, plenty uses for those though. But uh, so let's just talk about some of the things in processing. Let's say you're making juice. Let's just start with that. Um, do you make much apple juice? I don't make a ton of apple juice. I have made it. We'll probably make some this year because um, until recently, our apples were producing every other year. Mm-hmm. And after reading, I found out that was because there was some deficiencies. So yeah. We've been feeding the soil around the apples really well, and now they're producing really well every year. So now we're like, oh, boy, now I have enough to make juice because it takes a lot of apples to make juice and and cider. So I will be making some this year. Some people I don't I do not have one, but there are people that have uh, steam juicers. Mm -hmm. I am like in the canning section. I guess they're pretty amazing. I do not have one. So what I have been using is I have a regular juicer for just you can juice carrots cucumbers Mm -hmm. whatever so i have used that and then you take the froth off but i've also just used the old school method where you cut them up and boil it and run it through some cheesecloth or whatever or something school method for doing a lot because my juicer is not big and it would definitely it would be going for a long time if i just juiced apples and juiced apples sure yeah and i I want to kill it I don't do the juicing. I do the cider. I make cider. It's a little less work yes. um, to make cider, and I like it better because I like I like it thick. You know, I don't do you like. Have a cider press? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, we didn't. We made cider this year too, and you saw in the homestead yep. porch I put in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How did how did you make yours without a press? Okay, so uh, we were given the opportunity to maybe borrow an antique press, but we were concerned we were going to break it. So we decided, I was thinking, well, what do we have that we can use? Well, we have a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. So I quartered the apples and we ran them through the meat grinder, which made them, you know, chipped them all up, which is what yeah. the apple cider will do. By the way, they make a special tool for that called a chopper that you yes. drop them in and chop up the fruit chopper. Yeah, I'll yeah, put a link to one special, of those in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, they make those, but we just, we didn't want to spend the money right now on buying Right, them. yeah. So then we took that and we put them in. My husband drilled holes in a five-gallon bucket, just mm-hmm. tons of holes, and we used a laundry bag inside of that. Mm-hmm. And then he took it to the, we took that to the garage, and he used a shop press that he has. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, and a dumbbell. Uh, there you those, go. We have old iron dumbbells that I actually use to lift weights in the basement. Mm-hmm. And we put that on the end of it and pushed it out. And we, out of a bushel of, I mean, out of a bushel of apples, we got one and three quarter gallons. So. Yeah. The process I use is not even near as efficient as that. I have done a five gallon bucket with holes drilled in the bottom. And then I basically did the same thing. The apples crushed them all up, put them in cloth, 
put a big old block of wood on top of that in the bucket. And then I jumped up and down on it and forced <laughs> juice out the bottom. Hey, and I worked. just let it go. And it did work. I mean, I got, I, you know, but it was like what I got, I got, you know, and I didn't get, it isn't as efficient because you're not going to get, you're going to squeeze them good. But I got, a, I got quite a bit out and I had fun with it. And, you know, I was able to drink, you know, I yeah. probably made, I probably made a gallon of cider over a few days, just messing around doing that and just playing yes. around making cider. And uh, it was delicious. <laughs> so last year we tried this, but we didn't use the, um, the meat grinder. We just used apples that are kind of mushy mm-hmm. and it did not work as good. We broke the bucket. Yeah. With the, yeah. yeah. So this worked really, really well. And I think we'll do it again until we decide to spend the money on an actual prep. Maybe we never will. Maybe. I don't know. It worked so well. I don't know if we need to. We've got the thing is, is we have a very nice meat grinder, but I think you yeah. could have used even a hand meat grinder. It would just taken longer. I, I, I uh, actually, I actually did really almost turn mine into applesauce before I did that. I mean, I really crushed it up. I Yeah, this was pretty crushed. I don't know if you saw it in the video, I but it was, it was pretty crushed. We used the yeah. sausage blade on there. Okay. Yeah. And it. it crunched it up pretty good it was pretty mushy yeah so you're still able to get it it's easier to get it out of there where if you have a press you don't i mean the chopper will chop a little bit bigger chunks i think but then you can it does a way better job of squeezing that out of there um so yeah those are nice that's what we use i mean you don't have to have one to just have some fun it was it was fun and um tasted yummy it was amazing and we're probably going to do a lot more this weekend yeah. But if you want to, if you want to, if, if your goal is to make a lot of cider, get the proper tools, uh, juice yeah. or cider, because get proper yeah. tools, because it will make it a lot easier and quicker. Yes. And you will get, you will get a lot. I mean, you can get a lot, but it takes a lot of work too to get it out of there if you don't have any of that stuff. So, um, but if you have a good press and they make some cheaper ones, they're small and they'll make small batches, but they make bigger ones too. Like I think I put in the show notes one, it's like a three and a half gallon. Uh, press that's pretty big and uh, yeah you can you can get quite a bit out so i've watched uh, i have a friend that actually has one and he makes uh cider and yeah he uses it and it works pretty good you know and he'll do several batches crush yeah. it down and uh works pretty good they'll get make a lot of cider with it but you can do other things too they'll make uh, grape juice and you can squeeze out right. lots of things i mean yeah, it just ain't do, it's not just yeah, apples you can use that yeah. press for all sorts of stuff I and, actually, and, and the uh have- chopper too i mean you can use it to make things with the grapes and things like that too. So, yeah, I don't have grapes, but that's, it's kind of that season here for grapes. Yeah. And I've seen some for sale and I've thought about going and getting some, but it's not a great podcast. So, <laughs> so yeah, juicing and cider, you know, and both, yeah. like I said, they're, they're common to make, but it's, I find, I don't make a lot of it because it's a little difficult. It is. It's it's nice if you have tons and tons of apples and you don't know what to do with them. It is a nice thing to do it um, because you can only eat so much applesauce. I I think I would make a lot. I think I would make a lot more cider if I had the proper tools because I do love cider. I love it. Yeah. And I know Um, a lot of people just freeze it. It does not taste the same after after you can it. I've tried that. A lot of people freeze it. I froze it. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I've never... I've actually froze. I've never frozen any that I made, but I have froze some that I bought from that, right. from yeah. the, um, we have, you know, like I said, we have our, our apple orchard here locally and I've bought a bunch cause you know, we only have it for a short time. And yeah. so we'll buy some extra and then freeze it. Yeah. But, uh, you can do that for sure. Um, drying is also something that I love. I do like dr- dried apple chips, but now they're a little addictive. <laughs> I will never love them as much as I love dried pear chips. They are my absolute favorite. 
I, right. I, I love those, but I do like dried apple chips and, um, and that's in there super easy. I mean, you literally just slice your apples, you know, uh, peel core slice, throw them in your dehydrator. You can do it in an oven too. I can't remember just the lowest setting. I think you even want to crack your dry oven doors open a little bit. Yeah. Cause my um, oven, the lowest it goes is 170. So yeah. And I think you have to crack oven. the, you want to yeah. crack the oven door open a little bit and, but you know, you can do that. I don't think that's as efficient obviously as a, uh, as a dehydrator, but yeah, right, I mean, right. if you got a dehydrator, solar dehydrator, even better, but if you have a regular dehydrator, make you a I ton of apple chips. Cause you'll be surprised. You'll look like you made a bunch. But you will be surprised at how quickly they disappear after you've made them. <laughs> they do. They don't last very long. <laughs> I have been running my, I have two dehydrators and I, I've got one off of um, Marketplace. I got an Excalibur off of Marketplace. Yeah, sweet. <clears throat> but then I bought one too. And um, I've been running them nonstop for weeks with stuff. In mm -hmm. them. So yeah, make lots and lots and lots mm -hmm. of apple chips with every decent uh, um, apple you have. Uh, but something that I find the easiest things to make are really applesauce and even apple butter is not difficult. So, um, I make a lot of that and everybody likes it a little bit of that, you know, I mean, we, it's something that's easy to, to can and store yep. so you can have lots of it on hand and it's just, you want to use up a lot of apples, make a lot of applesauce and apple butter. I mean, you really can make a lot yeah. of it easy, especially the applesauce. It's just a little bit more time to make the apple butter, but you know, it's not much. Um, how do you make your apple sauces and apple butters? I do, do not special make apple tools? butter. Believe it or not, oh, I've never okay. made apple. I've really? Made, okay. Well, like I, I said, it. we don't do a butter. lot of jams and jellies. Okay. I've made a ton of applesauce, though. Tons of it. And <clears throat> well, Apple butter is just a little bit longer process than applesauce, really. I mean, I make it in a crock pot, and basically you're just boiling off the, the liquid the slowly. Liquid. Yep. It's yeah, and until it's thicker. just really thick consistency. Yeah, basically yeah. that's it. You add a few little things like some you can add. You can. You don't even have to, but you can add like some vanilla extract and some other things to right. it to to make it a little bit ch change the flavors a little bit. And we'll do some of that. Yeah, throw in a crock pot, the, and it takes like 10, 12 hours in a crock pot. Yeah, and it's we yeah, have you so some, much now. Before I see, before I was buying apples from the orchard. Mm -hmm. And it got expensive, so I would limit myself. But now that I have so many of my own, I might try. Yeah, some, it's um, delicious. I love, I love just like I've been. Butter. I'm experimenting with some other things, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, but applesauce so easy. Yeah, it I mean, is. basically, you just. I mean, you make. Do you have any special tools for to make? Uh, applesauce? I just this year bought a special tool. I bought. Oh, I cannot remember what it's called, but it's it's a basically one of those hand crank processors with the screen on it uh-huh um it makes it a lot easier i don't think you necessarily have to have it you could probably if you if you cord them and everything you could probably just run them through a blender that's what i do i i yeah. literally I, we now do you have an apple like a like the old crank cores or what do you do to peel them i core? do have one but you know what i've realized with those is you have to have a harder apple if you get a softer okay. apple yes. like yeah, a macintosh or something yeah. it just smooshes it or if you just get one that's really crazy shape too, like I said, they get the yep. dense cinnamon stuff, it won't Doesn't get to that. Great. So you yeah. end up, so it'll do most of the apple, but then you end up having to cut that part out anyway right. before you can really make use of it. But if you want to so, make apple chips, those things are fantastic. Yeah, quick, quicker process. Yeah. I like them and I, they're worth having one and they're really yep. cheap. They're 20 bucks, 20 something yep. dollars. And it will make the process so much easier if you're doing certain things. So for me, it's with applesauce. It's literally just run it through that. 
and you know, I might have to cut out another spot or something. Yeah. And I do, I just slice, I'll like quarter of the apple or something, drop it in the blender and pack a blender full, puree that thing pretty much. And yep. then, just and then pour you it out. put it in your jar. And do you freeze pour, yours? Yep. The first couple of years before I got into canning, I, I've been I canning. I've always canned it. freezing it, which yeah. it does taste good that way. But now yeah, I can't I've always, just, I've always yeah. canned it. So I don't know. I've never free it froze any. I don't think. But it's um, pretty easy. To, it's pretty easy yeah. to can too. And but yeah, it works great. And then I'll always, we'll always make a few. You know, I don't make a lot of apple butter, but I'll do a couple, two or three jars, you know, quart jars yeah. of apple butter a year. And um, and it's one yeah. of those nice things. It's one of those foods that for me. I just go down and I grab it. Mm-hmm. I'll pack a lunch and just put a quart jar of apple or not a quart, a pint jar of pints, apple yeah. sauce in my lunch. And it's just nice to have those fast, healthy meals. Yeah. You can get some little containers or something if you're packing kids lunches or things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just applesauce is a nice little thing to add in there. Um, and so it's just, it's a great, it's like I said, it's the easiest thing you can really do with apples. I think it's just the easiest thing. It is. And, it's uh, easy. and yet. You know, it's quick, quickest thing, and and it's something you can just use all the time. So, yeah. Um, I have now, made apple pie filling. Have you? Yeah, uh, yeah. filling. No. Uh, well, I've I mean, made just it. yeah. No, I mean, we just chunk. We know we chop up and make apple pies with it, but no, not filling. Okay. Not necessarily the filling. Well, I've made the um, filling without thickening it because you can't okay can it. So you basically add the apples in with all of the spices and then you can it. And then when you take it out, you would thicken it with okay. whatever, cornstarch or flour. Okay. I got um, you. Yeah. I've done that just for quick, just makes it quicker. If I wanted to make, I don't do a lot of it cause we don't eat a lot of sweets, but I have, I usually try to keep a few jars. Yeah. And um, we should mention though, that applesauce when baking is a good replacement. Um, for a lot of products you're baking, you can use oh, it in yeah, baking. It is. Um, you can replace it like with your oil and your butter. One of my favorite things is like they make it that orchard is applesauce donuts. Ooh. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Uh, and like, That's so dangerous. Not, I don't want probably not great for you, but they are delicious. But yeah, a lot of I people bet. use applesauce in their baking products um, as a substitute for other things. And it, uh, yeah, and, and it is a healthier option if you're replacing some things for some people. Um, yeah. but it's good too. Like I said, those applesauce donuts are delicious. So I wouldn't mind all my baked yeah. goods tasting something like that. I'd be fine with right? that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Apple, <laughs> a- it's apple and pumpkin season and I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now, when you're doing all of these things, juicing, cider, making, you know, drying, making applesauce, apple butter, whatever you're doing, stuff for the pie fillings, whatever, you're going to have a lot of scraps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So and you got a couple of kinds of different kinds of scraps. You got scraps that are just bad stuff that you don't want to use, but then you also have the scraps right. that are good, right? You have your peelings that are nice. You have parts of the apple that aren't, you know, yeah. that aren't rotten, but they're not parts that went into this other stuff. Um, there's things you can do with that. Um, yeah. Even the go core, ahead. Even if <laughs> even the, core the core is is decent. Like I have a few yeah, of my decent. cores because of the issues I'm having that are black. I wouldn't use those. But if you have a good apple core. I've made apple scrap vinegar out of apple the peels and the cores. Mm-hmm. And um, that is fantastic for putting on salads and making. I've made mayonnaise out of it. It's just. It's now, what's flavorful. the difference between apple scrap vinegar and apple cider vinegar? So apple scrap vinegar is made from the scraps. Mm-hmm. Apple cider vinegar is actually made from the cider. But it doesn't apple. come out as the same product in the end. It does not come out of the same product. Okay. So apple scrap vinegar will have less acidity, So, which is why it's really good for, I mean, some people just 
drink it or add it to water to make what is that? There's okay. a drink. Is it switchel or something like that? That don't know. Would, yeah, <laughs> they add it to drinks. Um, it's just less acidic. And then the okay. apple cider vinegar, especially if it's raw, will grow a mother, and it will actually it'll have a lot higher pH. So, it'll so be the scrap vinegar acidic. won't will never grow a, a mother. Mine did. I was really oh, surprised. Oh, it could. That okay. It did. But yeah, it'll just never be that dark color. Mine's okay. really. Okay. So it just isn't the same thing. Because we see that yeah, occasionally on not. Facebook. Or somebody will say, make yeah. your own apple cider vinegar. And they'll be having a picture with like scraps. And that's actually actually apple, apple scrap, scrap vinegar. It's not yeah. the same thing. Which so we'll have a lower acidity. Good, yeah. But yeah. But it's... it won't have the same applications for certain things. Because there's things you right. would use apple cider vinegar for that apple cider vinegar, apple scrap vinegar would not work as well or wouldn't yeah so well. there's certain recipes i have mm -hmm. so with gluten-free cooking i mean you don't cook gluten-free but oftentimes a um recipe will call for some acid which is usually okay. apple cider vinegar they'll put ask you to put vinegar in it and it does something to the gluten-free it does something chemically so you would want to use that apple cider vinegar which is higher in acid and not the scrap vinegar okay but yeah, I have made scrap vinegar. This is my first year, though, trying to make cider vinegar. Out of what what do you use uh, apple scrap vinegar for most commonly? I've been using it just on with on salads. Okay. Just and I have been putting a little bit of it, and I've been drinking a little bit of it just for okay. digestion. Okay. I bet but that would make a good salads. little. Yeah, I bet that would because I put some apple cider vinegar on salads occasionally yeah. and i like it but it is a little strong if you get a little too much of it, it's a little strong yeah it's like um, a watered so, down version okay yeah. I would, that might even be better then yeah it okay. is it's really good and it's got it's got a great flavor but it's still vinegary mm -hmm. um yeah so this is my first year trying to make apple cider vinegar because i have so much cider i mean i have so much cider and so many apples i thought well i'm gonna try because i i use a lot of apple cider vinegar and some of my i make when i make coleslaw my mm -hmm. sauce has got apple cider vinegar. I tried apple scrap vinegar using that, and it just wasn't the same flavor. You need that strong. I We like it with the stronger flavor. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try it. Hopefully, it'll grow mother. I might add some of, I have some Bragg's vinegar, which most people are pretty familiar yeah. with that brand, which has the mother in it. I mm -hmm. might try. Apparently, you can inoculate the cider vinegar once it gets past the point of fermentation that it needs it. So right now I have hard cider basically sitting in the kitchen. So it's still sweet, but it's got alcohol in it. So I need to let it ferment longer and get all that alcohol off and turn into vinegar. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a long process. It, I won't yeah. know if this worked for a couple of months still. I mean, well, yeah. like we look forward to the update. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the apple cider, Absolutely. the apple scrap vinegar took a long time and, um, but I was really happy with how it worked. Yeah. And I've done that several years now. But there's Something. other things you can do with it too. Um, the scraps I actually found, I, you know, Mr. Google Pants was great. I found this uh, website where they talked about 15 ways to use the apple peels and cores. And some of them yeah. I had never thought of. Pe pectin is a common use also for apple. Yes. Um, yes. Peelings, uh, a lot of pectins, mostly in the peeling, um, some in the core. Yep. But you, if you take the peelings, you can make your own pectin. Um, now, it's a pretty uh, the process of making like a dried powdered pectin is a lot of processing to get it there. You know, I mean, you're 
cooking it down, you're drying it, you're, you know, and then you're grinding yes. it. You're doing, I mean, it's a process, a but work. it is a possibility also. Now I have, when they're say making jellies, just throw the peelings back in, in the boiling process when you're boiling out the, the juices and yeah. I'll just throw the peelings in there, boil it and then, you know, and then get the pectin kind of naturally. It won't, it won't make us a, a, a strong of a pectin that way. I don't think. Um, no, it'll still, but it will thicken. Yeah, I think it helps it too if part of those, that's part, that was part I, of my reasoning behind wanting the Granny Smith apple because the green yeah. apples have more pectin. I think it does better for making jams than it does jellies, uh, that, to be honest. Cause, that would make sense. Yeah, because I've made some jams and it, or I went to make jellies and it turned out more like jam and I was fine with it. I just left it like that and I was good, you know, and I boiled it right. like forever and it seemed like that's as good as i could get it and it was good enough i mean because i don't like just going crazy with the sugar i mean i yeah, yeah. obviously have to put some sugar in there but i try to I put the minimum amount so even when i'm using like a store-bought pectin i'll use like the low sugar pectin yep. so you know i have to put a minimal amount of sugar in there and um so if i've ever did it with the peelings which i have a couple times it worked out as like a, it didn't work out as jelly it worked out as a as a jam though right which was fine yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's an option. So that yeah, there are other things, but I find a lot of it does just end up in my uh, in my compost. Yeah, and I mean, and if you have and tons and tons of apple trees and you want to just make vinegar, I mean, vinegar is great for so many things. It doesn't yeah. have to be just for cooking. You could clean with it or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, and your animal. A lot of people use it. A lot of people use apple cider vinegar to give to their animals. I know several people give it to their chicken. Put a little bit of it in their chicken water mm -hmm. and yeah. So, Absolutely, I do. Yeah. I do. In the, yeah, I do. In the rabbits and the quail, I put a little bit of apple yeah, cider vinegar. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why, if you have lots of apple trees, why not do it for your? Sure. Animals. It's absolutely an option. I definitely need to be making the uh, vinegar. I like to try to make. Well, I like to try to make the apple scrap vinegar. I think. Um, yeah. I don't know if I got the patience to make the apple cider vinegar like you're going to take on, but um, definitely the scrap vinegar. How long do you, How long do you uh, let that go? When you're making that, I don't know if there was really, it's like all ferments. It just really depends on your uh, kitchen taste. And, the and the heat yeah, and the yeah. taste. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You doubt, and with the apple scrap, you do add sugar. Okay. There's not a lot of sugars in there like there is with sure. the cider. So it just, you have to wait for that sugar to do its thing mm -hmm. and go from alcohol to vinegar. You know so much more about this stuff than me because I don't experiment as much as you do at well, the kitchen. And I don't, and I know. <laughs> Like, I don't feel like I know as much as other people, but I did just finish reading. Well, not quite. I have one more chapter to finish in The Art of Fermentation, which is a very thick book. Mm -hmm. I probably retained 10% of it. <laughs> well, you have to it's read it. Old. You only got to read it nine more times, then you'll have the whole yeah, book. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of meat there. But. Well, let's jump into the, the preservation methods. Like, you make all this stuff. And you obviously can't eat that much right away. So um, you're going to have to preserve it. So let's just talk about preserving some of these things we're making. And I guess for most of these things, the first thing we might think of is just canning. Um, and uh, we done talked a little bit about that, you know, just having the applesauce on the shelves, grab it when you want it. Canning applesauce is really easy. Uh, it's, you know, really canning fruits. You can, you water bath can it or do you put it in the canner? I do water bath can it. I usually add some acid to it though, like lemon juice. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the recommendation? Do you, is yeah. that what it recommends? I, I don't, you know, off the top of my head, 
You're asking, you're cornering me off the top of my head. Uh, I, see, we don't I can't know. remember lady off doesn't the know. top of my well, head. Well, I'm like that with everything. I always have to refer back to notes or look back on stuff every time I can anything because I can't ever remember exactly. Yeah. You go months without doing it. Yeah. I can't remember because I haven't canned it since last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know it's the recommendation. Usually fruits, you don't have to, but Especially like tomatoes now, the recommendation now with tomatoes is that you do. And you used to yes. in the day, it used to be, they were just more acidic when they were yeah. more of an heirloom. Uh, tomatoes yeah. and things were more acidic. Um, but yeah, with a lot of fruits, you don't have to. You can just put them in and, and yeah, water, and water bath can them. With, yeah, between the sugar and the acidity. But what would help... You know, you're adding some lemon juice and and we can talk about that in a few minutes when it comes to dehydrating. But I would even say if you added it in the canning products, it could help prevent browning because that's that's one of the treatments for when you're dehydrating apples to keep them from browning is to add lemon water. Um, So you can do that. And I'm sure that would even help with that as well in the canning process. I don't think we do add. I mean, I didn't. No, we don't. I don't add any. I haven't added any. Okay. And. I do think it does get a little darker when you yeah. don't after some time. It will when darken. When I haven't, yeah. it is darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is darker, but I think it's safe. I don't care, but I mean, I, I, don't I think care it's what still safe. Is. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, anyway, yeah, probably a good idea. If, if I would follow the recommendations, whatever the recommendations are yeah, yeah. that Ball get puts a, out, read it. Stuff a good cookbook, a good book that has the. The ball canning book will give you the right, yep, yep. give you tell you if it needs to be uh, added in there or not. Um, added if it says so. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I should have looked it up because yeah. I, I just haven't canned it. And I don't even know if I canned it last year. But you're, you're also canning apple pie filling. Yes. So yes, uh, I have. we'll usually make a couple apple pies when it's fresh and okay. I don't actually can any. Um, yeah. I should. That sounds delicious. What would be better yeah. than, than January or February having a nice lot apple pie? Because then you just eat it. But <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, uh, you can your apple pie filling and just you're quartering up the apples probably and yeah, or, your jams and I I slice them. You, you slice yours pretty thin. Yeah, not pretty thin, like maybe an eighth. Okay. Yeah, we kind of like our apple pie a little bit chunkier. Yeah, not the thin slices. But of jams and jellies, obviously, I make jelly more than jam. And when it comes to apple, um, I just go ahead and make the jellies. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so we'll make that. I actually prefer even in the jellies. I like I like uh, apple more than grape. So, you know, I'll definitely um, make a few jars of that. I'm about the only one that eats that, though. So I don't have to make too much. Three, okay. four jars I'll make of that. Um, it's easy. But you can can that and it'll hold up all winter on you just fine and dandy. So you'll have some nice uh, jelly to enjoy for a few months. Um, freezing. Do you do you do some freezing of apples? I do not. I have never. We've never had a lot of freezer space because yeah. usually apple season is right about the time that deer season is. Yeah. And I'm hunting for space. <laughs> I have um, froze them because... What I'll find was I'll go ahead and make like the chip size ones. And when I don't have the time to dehydrate them, because it takes a while to dehydrate a lot of apple chips. So I'll yes. freeze some to dehydrate some more later. <laughs> so they'll save for a while so I can get the dehydrator out later and freeze some. Again, you do want to do some kind of a treatment on them to keep them from browning before you freeze them. Um, which, again, you can do a lemon water 
uh, treatment, which you can put like a half spoon, teaspoon of lemon juice with a cup of water and kind of spritz that all over your apples um, before you add them to the dehydrator or to the freezer. You can actually use salt water too. And I've actually, I've never done it. Well, I've never heard of it, but when I was doing a little bit of research about it, that I seen somebody who actually done an experiment and they tried three different methods and they did the salt water treatment, which they added a quarter teaspoon of salt to a cup of water and then put that on the apple, soak that on the apples and then dehydrate and then froze them. They did the lemon water and then they did another method. What else did they do? I can't remember, but these two were really good. And the other one wasn't, didn't come out good at all, but in their little experiment, they did the salt water treated ones actually did better at not browning than the lemon and water. And they didn't ones. taste salty. I well, they didn't say that. This experiment was just talking about the. Well, I would think a quarter teaspoon in a cup of water wouldn't be too bad, but they completely dissolved it and spread it. I wouldn't think it would add too much to the salt content. But anyway, they said it actually came out better, uh, even had better results with it on the browning. So anyway, that's out there. I've never done it, so take that with that. But um, I did see an experiment done on that, and it had better results. A little okay. bit better results. So, right. but I've done That's the lemon and that works. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, I just looked it up and you do not need to add acid to it. And you can pressure okay. to applesauce, I should say. And you can water bath it or pressure can it. Okay. Okay. I I used I to water bath it. I can't it. remember that. But I, <laughs> I used to water bath it. But then to me, it just got easier to just pressure can because the pressure canner's out. As a, I have the electric yep. pressure canner and it's just so much easier to throw it in that. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes can, it is. So. I mean, I do the same thing with some things. Sometimes I pressure can like tomatoes just because. It seems like when I break out the water bath canner, the mess is twice as big. <laughs> I don't know why. Right. It just got, seems like there's more stuff to wash, more stuff to, I don't know. It just seems like I make a bigger mess with the water bath canner than if yeah. I just, uh, I, I also feel like it's more efficient, energy efficient to, to you know, use the, my electric canner, especially. Um, I think well, it's really efficient. If you're small like me, you get that water bath canner full of water. It yeah, is it's, so it's heavy. heavy. Yeah. It's really heavy. And, and then just, like it takes so long to heat it up. Water. Yeah. Like yeah. I do it outside because I have one of them outside burners and I'll put it on that yeah. one, then plate burners for outside and put it on that. But it still takes, I mean, it takes a while to get it to the temperature. It does. and then It takes forever. Yeah. And then, and then basically you cool it down and you put your next batch. You have to do all that over again. And it's like, it just seems like it's not very energy efficient to me to do water bath canning, but it's a lot of people feel safer doing it. And, you know, and it's definitely, it seems like it's an intro to canning. A lot of people prefer that, especially when you're new to canning, it just feels like the safer thing to do because you're doing stuff that isn't as dangerous to can as far as like, if it isn't done right. You can find a used water bath canner on marketplace for, they're nothing. Yeah. You can buy them brand new, really cheap, you know, Walmart and buy one. It's a nice way to get into canning with It's a good introduction to canning. Yeah money for sure um but uh so you can do either okay that's nice to know um but yeah uh and the and so i'm sure the jams and jellies are the same way you can probably and do that both was that that was from the michigan state university website so okay okay so that's good to know definitely going to be a safe website when i'm freezing apples though we were going back to freezing apples i you know again you get them to where you put something on them so they don't brown i use lemon water and then you'll want to i spread them out on a tray and then freeze yeah. them and then bag them because otherwise they get stuck together in a big old glob and you yes. can't get them separated. So freeze them kind of separately. Before. Yes. Yeah. You want to do that with things like berries. I mean, everything. Green really, beans, everything. Yes, otherwise everything. you end up with this yep. big, huge clump. It's an extra step 
but it's worth it because you, like yes. you said, you get the big clump when you're done and then you can just, just easier once it's time to cook with them. Sure. Um, dehydrating apples. Like I said, we love doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, apple chips, you know, I mean, we just make lots of apple chips and it, but it's a time consuming process. You know, you stick them in the drop and you can only make such a, so much of a batch at a time. Very, Your dehydrator is running 24 seven all the time for weeks. Uh, that's why I said I freeze some to do some later because it's just such a big job. Now you put a couple things in there that I've never made in the dehydrating process. Talk about it. Okay. So I have in there, uh, apple sugar, which basically is really similar to how you make apple butter, but then you spread it out in your dehydrator Um. and you dehydrate it and then you run it back through the blender. And a lot of people use that in like homemade granola and stuff like that. Something tells me if you had a freeze dryer, that would even be way. Oh yeah, it would, but I don't, but yes, it would be nice. And a lot of people are use that. Like if you're trying to eat only natural sugars or only fruits and not add added like white sugar, cane sugar, you could use a lot of people are using that in like homemade granola. That just makes me think of something else though, too, that you could make that if you're, if I guess if you're going to make the apple sugar, it'd be similar because you'd be doing the spread out and that would be making the apple, um, like the fruit roll up type things, the, the, oh yeah, yummy leathers, fruit leathers, fruit leathers are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. Those so it'd be are that process. Also one of those things like apple chips where you make it and it disappears. Yeah. The, you, like, it's gone you couldn't make, them. you couldn't possibly yeah. make enough. There's no, not enough never. apples on your backyard never. to make enough. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you have kids around. Yes, they yeah. love them. And it's super and healthy snack, too. It's so much better than ones you'd buy at the store. They're going to be just loaded with way more sugar and preservatives and all kinds of things. To make them homemade would be so much uh, better. Yeah, and the other thing is um, it is called apple molasses. So it's basically cider syrup. So you use the cider and you add some spices or you don't have to add spices and you boil it down till it's a syrup. Hmm. And, and wow. you know, same thing. You can use that like you would corn syrup or something. Oh, and, interesting. Um, I don't know why I keep thinking of this, but in like granola, maybe because I made granola the other day. <laughs> but if it was a cider, it would definitely have that that cider taste yeah. then, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a way to, if you have tons and tons of apples or access to tons and tons of apples to. Okay. And it's also a way to get rid of things like regular sugar or regular High fructose corn syrup or something like that. And it's and if you want to and, and you want to store your apple chips, you just put them in a jar and you can put one of the little what's the things called? You, this little moisture absorber. Moisture absorber in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, oxygen, yeah. And it'll keep the moisture out of there. Keep them dry. Throw them up in the shelf. Like I said, I feel like you don't even have to worry about long, long term storage with those because it just ain't going to matter. They're yeah. not going to need to be there very long, but they will last a long time though. Yeah, and I mean, you it's, could put them in a jar and put vacuum seal the jar if you have mm-hmm. a vacuum sealer yeah um, yeah and that will help with the moisture too or you could vac you can vacuum seal them in bags even that too and yep. just cut the bags open when you're ready to eat them you could absolutely do that too it might even store better in certain situations if you got depends on what your storage situation is yeah if you have kids um, none of this is going to last very it, long it, yeah none of this matters so. uh it may not even make it into storage you might just eat it all fresh and <laughs> And I don't even them. have little kids around anymore, and none of this lasts very long. Yeah, I have grandkids, and they would tear this stuff up. I mean, it would just not last. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so that's the process in that. Just these these are the simple ways to to make this yeah, harvest we didn't talk last. Freeze drying. We didn't. Yeah, about you wouldn't even put that in the numbers. You and I but don't have a, one. We don't have one, but that's a whole other stage you could of, of do preservation. So much with a freeze yeah, dryer. Yeah, there there's so much more when it comes to freeze drying. 
Yeah. You know, it's something I do have on my list. I'd love to have one day. They are expensive, yeah. no doubt they about are it. Very but expensive. I have no doubt they're worth it because I see so many people doing some cool things with them and just the level of you're just up in your preservation game big time with a freeze dryer. Yeah. And and just the speed too. I mean, you're able to do things so much faster. Um, especially if you do if your goal is to do a lot of dehydrating, freeze drying is so much better, so much quicker. Well, and it retains, I believe, from what yeah, I, I think, understand, yeah. it retains more vitamins than anything yes, else. Yes, I've heard that too. So yeah. yeah, we're we're telling you about something we both want, but you might have it and you could tell us more about it. But I, I'd love to have one. And I think you could do a lot with them that we're not doing. Yeah, for sure. And just, yeah. I'm always looking to tools that, that make it easier, quicker, and even the, the outcome better. And I think a freeze dryer is definitely one of those tools that could do that. Um. Again, we already talked about the fermenting, the vinegar and scrap vinegar, but that's another you know, that's another way you can preserve this stuff is to make your vinegar and your scrap vinegar um, from the yeah. apple. Um, so it's just all these are preservation methods also. I mean, they're uses, but they're preservation methods as well. So, yeah, and some yeah. of them are really old school methods that they yeah. and some of them, I mean, I don't maybe they probably dehydrated, just didn't use a dehydrator. <laughs> Yeah, probably just like a, a sun sun chip, yeah. Like like a sun chip Putting thing, it on like a string or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's old ways of doing that, dehydrating fruits that we don't really do anymore because we got easier ways. But yeah, if you, right. I mean, I said this was going to be the year I built a solar dehydrator, and then things happened where I never got around to it again. So one of these days, I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to build a nice solar dehydrator, one of them really big ones that'll hold tons and tons of stuff because I wear my electric dehydrator out every year because oh man. I love dehydrating, but man, I, I think it's on for weeks. Oh yeah. Mine's been on for weeks too. And my husband yeah. was like, do you really need, do you really need two? When I went to pick up the second one at, <laughs> off of uh, marketplace and I'm like, oh yes. And I have had them full. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing my greens, yeah. been drying my greens and I've been drying chicory flowers. And right now I have tomato. I didn't know what else to do. I have so many tomatoes and I'm like, I'm just going to dry some and make yeah, it into powders. And too. apparently yeah. um, somebody shared a recipe with me where you use the tomato powder and you add it to cream cheese with some garlic powder. And apparently it's amazing dip. And I'm like, okay, that's what we're making with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's been full for, for a long time. I, uh, I keep the dehydrator out on the, on the table under a gazebo with a stitch cord running to it because like, I don't even want the thing in the house. Cause you know, it's producing some heat, you know, and I can out there too. I got the canner out there. Somebody could just walk up in my yard and steal my stuff. Cause it's all sitting on the table in the gazebo. Cause I just keep it out. There. I don't want that stuff in the kitchen producing heat. Cause it's well, now just, you've told everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know that probably happened now, but anyway, yeah, we, risk. <laughs> I have mine in the basement because I don't have anywhere. We don't have a porch with a roof over it and mm -hmm. I didn't want it to overheat in the summer. So yeah. that's a well, wish. That's a wish list for me. It is all, all my equipment's been sitting out there for two months, <laughs> longer yeah. than that probably. It's been sitting out there running because I was even doing some stuff earlier. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's it. I mean, you know, we we. Uh, I mean, when it just comes to harvesting and and processing and preserving apples, it's not overcomplicated. You don't have to make all these things. You can choose a couple of these things that you really like. The bottom line is make the things you like. And, yeah. and experiment with some things you don't know if you don't like and try them and see if you like them. And um, apples are pretty easy to work with and pretty safe to work with. And, you know, I mean, delicious. And, you know, if you don't have apple trees, 
go to an orchard and buy some apples and try some of these things. And then maybe yeah. it'll help you determine if you want some apples uh, on your pro- on your actual property. Yeah, you know? I think if you're, I don't know if they grow apples in the South, but at least from the middle of the country up, I would think that there's probably orchards somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, even if I lived in the South, I'm sure I would try to get some of my hands on some apples from the North and, you know, they're in the stores and yeah. stuff. And I would try to make some of these things myself because just when you process things yourself, the processing procedure just contains less of the things you don't want. It's just a fact, you know, if you're making your own apple butter and your own jellies and your own pie fillings and your own applesauce, there's going to be things in the Mm store-bought things that you probably don't want, but if you make yourself, they're not going to be in there, you know? And if you don't have an apple tree and you live in a small spot, you and I are both, you have three, I have three, but you can have apples and a lot of them on a smaller people piece of property and you just have to have a couple of years to get to that point, but you can, I mean, growing apples in a small area, you can do it. Yep. Yeah. And even maybe there's play, there's orchards where you do it. Like you pick orchards yeah. where you can go and pick your own apples. And there's lots of apple. Like I just told you about the campground. Nobody's doing anything with those apples. Apple trees grow everywhere. I mean, I, I see I them alongside go, the road all the time with loaded full yep. of apples. Uh, the yep. game reserve where I go hunting, there's apple trees in there, just dropping apples yeah. on the ground. You know, you got to beat the deer well, to them. But I, our one of our orchards, and I don't know if yours does this, would sell drops. Mm-hmm. And probably I've never tried, but yeah, I could see that huge bags. I used to buy those and make applesauce out of those. They weren't yeah. the best apples because they had fallen to the ground, but it was they were really affordable, yeah. and that's what I would use for applesauce yeah. when the kids were young. There's lots of options out there. So even if you don't have the trees on your property or don't even plan yeah. on it. There's a lot of options out there, but they're worth having on your property too. But listen to that episode I did with Susan about picking the right trees and doing the right thing yeah. with them because you yeah. can get the wrong kinds of trees for your area and ones that aren't maybe even the best trees for what you want to do with them. So I'm just you have different done that tastes. episode before I planted all my apples. Yeah, I know. I told her I was about three years late four years late on some of my trees on, on that episode. So yeah, um, we talked about all the fruit trees and yeah, I planted most of them in the last three or four years. So but I have the couple apple trees I have. Um, I think about six years ago, I planted the one apple tree. So it's got some age on it already. And it's producing a lot of apples. I mean, um, like I don't thin and the branches get so heavy. They're just like almost laying on the ground. I mean, it's that well, bad. That's what I have with my big apple yeah. tree right now. It's yeah. So I really bad. should be thinning and I will next year because just uh, things she convinced me of just like production on the quality of the apples and it'll help with like disease issues. It helps with so many things that I'm like, you know what? I need to be, uh, I need to be thinning that tree out. Yep. Anyway. And proper uh, and then fertilizing mine made a huge yeah, difference. For sure. Not- well, I feel like this is an episode maybe that won't, you know, affect everybody, pertain to every person, every one of our listeners, but I think a little majority of homesteaders. And uh, so I hope uh, folks got something out of it. And, you know, it's kind of a limited topic. Sometimes we try to, I think we spread them out a little bit bigger than this and try to cover a more broad range. This is pretty specific to apple harvesting only, but it's something we both deal with. And it's something that gets, if you got a couple trees, it, it's a big part of the process, you know, the when you're doing your yeah. processing things, apples take up some time. I mean, I think of two things when I think of processing and it's apples and tomatoes, you know, cause those things yes. seem to take up a lot of our time and, uh, but they're both really worth putting the time into. 
to get your your product that'll you'll be able to use for a few months and you can make multiple things out of both of those yeah. things so that's great um so yeah uh we wanted yeah, to do an episode be, on that i mean you've already said it but long before i ever grew either apples or tomatoes or in quantity i was calling farmers and buying by the bushel yeah and you can do and that you, can you do live that. in an apartment and do that yep and and it's worth having the stuff to, to process them and make your own stuff it'll be healthier It'll be fun and it'll fill you. It'll be a lot cheaper. Even you can put a lot, it, you know, you buy a couple bushel of, of apples. You can put, a, you know, a few jars on your, yeah. in your shelves for sure. Of some things. And um, yeah, there's some, there's some definite product there you can make. And you, like I said, using the scraps even and making more stuff. I mean, you can just make an abundance of things from a couple bushel of apples. It's amazing. So it is. Uh, jump after it. And uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope some folks got something out of this or at least got inspired to get out there and start picking those apples and not just letting them fall to the ground. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, folks, I think that's all we have for you on this episode. And until next time, happy homesteading. God bless. And grow where you're planted.